Hi, Stacy. Hey, Kath. Are we GHing? Yes. So exciting. Today, we are going to cover episodes 121 to 125. And there's a lot of little stories we're going over this week, but there's no big deal spoilers. NBD. Yeah, lots and lots of little snippets of stories. We're going to start with probably the most through line story, which was Nina's. She starts uh, in the hospital connecting with Willow in a meaningful way. Willow invites her to sit down. She warns her, you're not allowed to ask about the kids, but anything else is not off limits. And Nina says something very un-Nina-ish, which is, talk to me about how you are doing. How are you feeling? Which I feel like is crucial. And I think we talked about this last week or the week prior, that this whole story about Willow dying is Willow's story, but it was literally about everyone else. So we finally get to hear that she's not doing well. Yeah. Um, and so it was nice to, you know, and when she finally got to the fact that her fingernails will, were brittle, that gave Nina the opportunity to say, here's some nail polish that I got from a, what was it? like a She got it from Deception. She was, something she was talking with uh, in one of the stories about, you know, strengthening nails for crimson, I think. And it's a deception, some sort of nail strengthener. Which was fun. And as much as I don't like Nina, which we have well established, (laughs) (laughs) you can't help but root for a reconciliation, I guess, especially in light of what Willow's going through. It would be nice to give her one more caregiver, somebody who really does legitimately care. And to be fair, people have broken Nina her entire life. I know, I know. But like, her whole story is tragic. And I think that's part of the reason why she does not have any sort of situational awareness. Could be. I mean, in real life, as if she's a real person. She's not. But, you know, like, you were pregnant in a coma for over a decade your children were stolen from you and everybody's a liar and like then Sasha pretends to be her you know it's just a lot there's a lot there I know you're right you're right I should no you don't have to like her she is not likable and she's constantly doubling down on her her bad decisions I'm just saying there are reasons if you were to think about it but really nobody somebody just needs to smack her around somebody that she loves <laughs> somebody that she loves needs to like shake her and well, be that's like that's why we need willow to survive you're we need... making things so much worse all of the time i'm sorry yeah. please continue kath no 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 it's all good like i i i have to admit i get so into this soap that i was trying to see whether willow looked like nina <laughs> Anyways, well, didn't Nina say something like that? Like breakdown. she has my eyes or something. Oh, I feel like somebody said something, but whatever. All right. Well, you're trying to defend my my complete another, but anyway. So she, so Nina goes from there from that conversation. 
she gets back to uh, the Metro Court and she immediately overhears Olivia, which I was so excited to see Olivia for even the briefest of moments, talk about, oh, Drew and Carly can't be seen together. And so she feels like she overhears something significant, but can't quite figure out why. And she then she overheard the SEC, right? Because... Yeah. So then she sits down with Ava at lunch. And they just go into deep gossip mode. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, you remember that Get Smart, you know, show when, you know, the whole zone thing would come down? I feel like that was happening to the two of them. They were like, (laughs) all right, we're going to dive into this. And Ava got so excited. And when Ava finally figures it out, it's like light bulbs shoot off. And she's like, oh, yeah, they can't because uh, Carly invested in Aurora Media. She might have known about the the ELQ acquisition and therefore that's against the SEC, whatever it is. I'm obviously not. Yeah, thank you. And so Nina's like, well, ha, I got her. And so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But it feels like Nina's finally got the pathway to bring Carly down. I got to say, I don't think this is going to go well for Nina. Of course, she's going to use it as blackmail or something to get what she wants. But Sonny kept trying to steer her like what are you you know mm-hmm. interrupting when she's asking the bartender about it oh yeah I forgot about that she asked the bartender like, what what are you doing and the whole I, I it's not gonna go well right like no he no, spoke Sonny's on not Nina's behalf to Carly and it she's got she won she needs to learn to show grace she well, won the hotel. She won Sunny. She is winning. Not only that, Carly is going to immediately assume that Sunny told her. Yeah. And so, yeah, Sunny's going to, it's Sunny's not going to make Sunny happy. But we'll see. All right. The next storyline was really kind of a minor storyline this week, but it is a big plot point and uh we finished last week with there was a hold on you know spencer taking ace home and also renaming it was a whole thing and uh spencer went in to talk to esme and she had already been told by elizabeth about elizabeth's her part in her kidnapping that Esme knew mm-hmm. nothing about. And she basically forgave Elizabeth, but she's not really forgiving anybody else, which to be fair, kidnapping should not be forgiven. But she also just doesn't know who to trust. Yeah, she's completely alone now. So then Laura came in to talk to Esme. She's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't trust you. You're, I heard what your son did to me. Why would I trust any of you? I don't trust anybody. I don't trust Spencer. I don't trust you. I don't trust Nicholas. I don't have anybody. And Laura's like, I just found out about this myself. She's like, why would I believe you? And she said, at what point did I give you the impression that I was untrustworthy? Do you think I have been lying to you? And Esme was like, no, no, you, you've been really kind to me. And then while they're having this, this moment, oh, and Laura says, 
she tells her her backstory, basically tells yeah. her the story of Nicholas mm-hmm. and how I was separated from my son for a long time because I was being held captive. And she's like, well, you get it. She's like, I do. But do you think prison is the best place for your baby? And so that's what has to be decided. Um, and then the guard comes in and says, transportation has been arranged and you get to take your baby with you. And she just looks so sweet and happy about it. And really, Laura has so much empathy because it was her life. Yeah. And Esme is kind of on a new, you know, she's reset everything by losing her memory. So you kind of are a little bit rooting for her. I'm worried that, you remember that really aggressive person at Spring Ridge that Heather Weber kept away? Uh, Yeah. I wonder if that's going to come back and she's not going to have Heather And she's really going to maybe reconsider having the baby there. That's a good point because that might be the driving factor, right? To get the baby away. Mm -hmm. And uh, Laura's like, I'm trying to find an amicable solution. And Spencer is like, there's no such thing. She's the Antichrist. (laughs) Of course, that's not what he says. But that's basically the message. And... uh, So Spencer is not willing to negotiate and Laura's trying to make everybody, it would be so much better for the baby if Spencer could get out of his own way and see that Esme is different. Yep. We'll see what happens. All right. It's on to you, Kath. You know, the last storyline that we wanted to kind of talk about in this section was Eileen's because it's kind of a continuation of last week. And she has that sit down with Anna and Valentine, and Anna gets to ask the question, why are you working for Victor? And really the truth comes out that she's there because she has political aspirations and Victor promised to help her. And oh, by the way, she's been intermittently sleeping with the man, which I just kept writing gross all over mine. <laughs> she quick. also kind of... It seems like she was vulnerable because she didn't have anybody. And the one sentence that statement that she made, I watched the episodes out of order. So this one's fresh in my mind, but she was like, he was supportive of my dreams. Mm -hmm. He, and it seems like she doesn't really have anybody in her corner. Yeah, you're right. She, yeah, because we don't know anything about her personal life, her family, where she comes from, nothing. She just wants to be mayor and this is it. And I think that's probably why she was targeted because she doesn't have anybody. Oh, yes, you're right. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> so Anna says, okay, well, here's the deal. You know, it sounds like based on what you're saying, Victor really wants the necklace, the ice princess. And we get the reveal that Victor wants the ice princess because of the coding in the necklace that could lead him to a place. But we don't get much more than that. And so they, Anna wants to have Eileen kind of reestablish relationships with Victor to try to get to the truth of what he's looking for. So... Then we go back and she's like waking up the next morning and I did not look. I'm an innocent flower. I was like, Victor's like, I don't want to talk about last night. And my first thought was, oh, are you just ashamed for sleeping with Eileen? Not once did I think that he had a problem performing. Not once. (laughs) (laughs) 
My favorite part of this is like he like storms off like in his little tantrum and Ms. Wu's trying to buy him a drink or like put it on her tab and he's like pouting and she's not even out of the dining room when she's calling Holly Sutton to let her know that the potion worked. (laughs) And I think it was at that same like, I think Eileen is sitting down with Laura, like, at a cafe going, yeah, he couldn't perform last night. And so he was kind of embarrassed. And I was like, oh, that's what he meant. And then you have Miss Wu going, the potion worked. And I, th- you and I were watching that together. And I needed you to clarify, oh, yeah, she had to, she was hired by so-and-so, to by Holly, to put the potion in his drink. I totally. And then they had the flashback. Thank goodness. That's when flashbacks are useful. Yeah, agreed. I want to go back a little bit to where um, where she sees Valentine, right? And she's like, are you, you're still alive? Does that mean Lucy Coe's alive? And they're like, we're not telling you shit. You are here to tell us or we're putting you in prison for the rest of your life. She's like, just like mouth open. And it was just sort of interesting. They sort of both good cop, bad cop her. Cause she's like, I don't remember. I don't know much. And Valentine's like, yes, you do think about it. Um, well, what's interesting too, along those same lines is she's been having like mental breakdown after mental breakdown. And Victor calls her out on it. Like yeah. the morning after he's like, you were very confident again. And she's like, well, you know, I realize it was, but yeah, truthfully, you've been like a shell of your former self. And now you're like misconfident. Again. And she was acting terrified of him. And then mm-hmm. she's like slipping him a room key. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but she didn't learn anything other than Victor is very interested in any kind of footage about Holly and the necklace. So I think. Yeah, he wants the unredacted report from the police on the fire. Yeah. So uh, my guess is either they're going to feed him a fake necklace or something or uh, yeah. And I'm wondering, is Holly coming back? Cause that's two references to Holly in two and different. And it was so weird of- that she just came back for, you know, like a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That story's got legs. It's I like it somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. That's are we got. ready? Fashion. Fashion. Fashion first. What do you got? Nina. Nina's Mm. black and white outfit. Awesome. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Pulled it off. Looks great. Mm -hmm. You liked her Monday outfit too. The blue tweed. Did we talk about that last week? Yeah. She had like this light blue tweed. And then Kathy found somebody else that she follows wearing a very similar jacket. I'm going to have to look it up and post it because I really liked the jacket. I have a, a weird thing for tweed. Well, what's weird is I watched, yes, I watched this um, woman, Stephanie, I can't, I don't know her last name. She, she bought a Chateau, Chateau Lalonde. Anyways, I had just happened to watch her episode like the next day and I was like, Hey, she's wearing the outfit. (laughs) Uh, But it was very pretty. Nina is just, but then she wore this black dress with a white blazer. So good. Very crisp. Very Mm -hmm. nice. The tweed mm-hmm. jacket I really liked, but I think she needed more contrast on the undershirt. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Nina is on it. Looks good. Mm-hmm. And Maxie's hair looked good. Yeah, it we did. Haven't talked I, about, what did you think about, about her jacket? I, I was just distracted by her hair looking good because okay. they've had her hair looking bad. 
a lot and it looked so good. She looked great. Neck up was all I was able to pay attention to because I was so distracted with how good she looked. Well, I have a note on Mason. As creepy as he is, he looks very sharp. I liked that jacket that he had on. It's so hard for me to get past his facial expression. He looks so smarmy. <laughs> but then also I had a note on Ms. Wu, that blue dress that she had on. I just really liked the neckline. She always right. looks amazing, yeah. but that neckline was gorgeous. Um, we both equally hated Ava's gigantic, weird, chandelier, sparkly crystal necklace. It was wrong. It was very wrong. Both necklaces she had on, the big chunky one, the gold one, and then the one that was like crystal clear. No, no. Um, She's beautiful. And the shirts she wears, oh, she has awesome facial expressions. So good. And I really like Joss's uh, blouse that she was wearing when Dex was wearing zero shirt and Joss was wearing sort of a peachy Mm -hmm. blouse. It's very pretty. All right. There are more musings than anything else. Oh my gosh, so many. Uh, You start. Okay. Molly and TJ, they both decided they want to have a baby after being real nervous. so cute. And talking with their family members, um, both of their, well, uh, Molly was talking to the mom and uh, TJ was talking to Curtis, but yeah, they finally just blurted it out. They both want a baby. So cute. Yes, because Stacey was saying the whole time, you two need to talk to each other, talk to each other, talk to each other. (laughs) It was very cute. And then they finally talk to each other and they're like, we want a baby. Yeah. Yay. But obviously she's not pregnant, so it'll be a while. I have a note on Gladys finally getting caught selling the garage. It was so painful to watch. Um, I, I, I needed Sasha to get angry longer. That's just me. I need okay. her to be angry, and I, I mean, I hate that she sort of doubled down and, like, played with Sasha's guilt. I had to sell it for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's my son. I lost him. I, I needed to let go. And we know it's because she bled Sasha's bank account dry. Mm-hmm. Which is really, you know, again, Sasha's forgiven her. And what was interesting, like, she goes in to have this argument in a very public place, And Nina even pauses the get smart conversation to just say, hey, Sasha Gladys look like they're getting into it, but they look okay. So hmm, she knows I'm here if she needs me back to the secret conversation. (laughs) But then, you know, when Gladys started pulling that, it's for me. Uh, He's my son. Oh, oh, but I think I wanted to punch her in the mouth. Yeah. And Sonny came close to getting the truth. He came close. Like he was really pressuring her to tell him like, and he was very threatening. Yeah. And not happy that he had, that she had not consulted Sasha in advance. So there's more to come for this, but I think they just, they let that go too quickly in my mind. Cameron's going to Stanford. So we don't have to worry about who he's going to get with. No, I'm sad though. I'm sad. He's a good character. Yeah. Well, and Joss was going to go away and that didn't work out. So who knows where it'll go, but apparently he's going to play soccer on scholarship for Stanford. Very exciting. Good for him. And he had that really good conversation with Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. She needed that. Yeah. She needs somebody on her team other than Finn. Yeah. Oh, I have a note here that oven now equals fire. So we've added something else to the <laughs> because, fire definition. Yes, because Drew and Carly 
had sex on the kitchen counter and then magically and teleported into the bedroom. And I kept going, where are the brownies? They were making brownies. Are they on fire? I don't see them on the counter. Where are the brownies? They left all of that on the floor overnight. These people. Uh, I have a note also that Cody uh, offered to let Sasha ride the horse. Which is and neat. Mac. And Mac. Yeah. So Cody's making friends in the stables. And why is Mac <laughs> opening Cody's mail that fell out of his pocket? Oh, I mean, gosh. we knew what was going to happen. But who just picks something up and then immediately opens it? It's not yours. You're a cop, for God's sakes, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, um, the nurse's ball is happening. I'm super excited about that. And it's so fun to see Maxie in full like planning mode. And I like that you just kept saying 60th anniversary because of course it's the 60th anniversary of the soap. Yeah. And I, I, but my first thought was, and I loved the little scenes with Lucy, like going stir crazy. Those are the best. But I was like, oh, Maxie can't do the nurse's ball it has to be lucy and then i kept having to remind myself everybody thinks lucy is dead and lucy's meltdown about bobby spencer helping <laughs> oh my god oh my god she can't take something else away from me i was like what we had to google what had been taken away previously and yeah I'm still a little confused sounds like a deep dive but the but but it will be interesting to see how this all comes into play it is fun to have maxi have something to do and I had kind of a thought about Maxie obviously she's one of my favorite characters Felicia is my favorite character Maxie is her daughter so it would stand to reason but I've always liked her character because there's like this I don't know if she's not flighty but she has kind of a oh gosh how do you even describe like how she deals with the world it's very much on the surface but she's lost her sister. She's lost her husband. She lost the serial killer that was about to become her husband. Um, she had to hide her children. Her she, best friend is in a coma. Her best friend is in a coma. She lost Brit, her sister-in-law. I mean, this woman has dealt with a lot of grief. So when does she get her moment? I don't know. The last thing on my list is that Marshall has zero markers for schizophrenia. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have it, right? That was made clear, like, you have no better chance of getting it than any other person, right? You're not genetically predisposed, but they are definitely hinting that maybe he was just misdiagnosed. Which is tragic, and his face was, oh, my heart broke for him. I have couple other things one the whole dex thing foreshadowing is potentially like a chef in the future <laughs> and i, I like the mo- michael moment where he's like if sunny's telling you about his past you were in yeah it's just i think i don't know my thought was do we need a chef in Je- you know in port charles i guess we do maybe i don't know um because they seem to be doubling down on it and then at the very end of the episode after Sunny explains, I don't I didn't want you involved in the pikemen because then I can't blame you if things go wrong and I'm really starting to like you. And then they get shot at in what I thought was the garage. I thought it was the dock. 
Yeah, it could have been. It just reminded me of the garage. I totally forgot about the shooting. And then... <laughs> That's how much this... was... There were so many little stories. That's what we we're saying. There were so many. Like, I have Liesl's fury kind of continues, and she admitted that she broke up with uh, Scotty to Victor, and then Victor is immediately like, let's go have sex. And she's like, over my dead body, <laughs> and then leaves. And then also, I mean, the whole little scene between Spencer and Trina... Those little goofy hellos. <laughs> so cute. Oh, I was well, like, and it's really both would be both of their first real relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It was as Esme was contrived. I thought they did that well. All right, well that's all I got. All right, well, hopefully you guys know where to find us by now, but you can always visit the website rwghing.com. And you can let us know what you think or give us your theories as well. Tell if we've missed anything. And like Stacy said last week, thanks for all the new listeners. So We're getting exciting. quite a few every week. So uh, welcome aboard. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.